Chapter 3, Up in Smoke. The heart of today's musings, the strange attractor around which we will take circuitous paths strewn with all manner of images, is energy. More specifically, I want to consider the events that are unfolding from the standpoint of human energy, inner and outer, on both the micro and macro levels. This is an elusive, massive, unwieldy topic, one that I have felt rebuffed and humbled by time and again in recent weeks. And yet I cannot shake the notion that it is also a topic that demands more of our consideration, however clumsily we might approach it. We cannot pin energy down with words, so we will take an oblique approach, speaking metaphors like smoke into a wind tunnel in hopes of gaining some hint of the invisible patterns at play. Lest this all sound too ephemeral, let us begin with Newton's first law of thermodynamics. Within a closed system, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. Imagine you are on a high bluff looking down upon a tranquil beach. Something odd is occurring. The tide is receding, the beach is expanding out into the sea. Hundreds or perhaps thousands of miles away at the bottom of the ocean, tectonic plates have shifted, sending hidden shock waves through the vastness of the sea. The receding waters gather themselves into a pregnant bulge, as if taking a deep inhalation. There is a surreal pause and then the exhalation. A wave of immense power comes barreling towards the shore, erasing what had been the familiar coastline, clawing at the walls of the high bluff and lapping at your feet. If we look outside our windows, we see quiet streets, shuttered businesses, our airports are empty, our borders closed. Our collective metabolism has slowed to a crawl. The tide of our human activity has pulled far out to sea. Yet we may intuit that this strange stillness of the moment is ephemeral, the pregnant pause between in-breath and out-breath. In our root metaphor of the caterpillar dissolving into caterpillar soup, two things are made available as the structures and systems of the caterpillar disintegrate, raw materials and energy. As the chemical bonds that hold together molecules uncouple, the imaginal disks serve to organize material and marshal the energetic windfall. Everywhere we look during these black dog times, things are beginning to loosen and fray. On the most tangible level, vast numbers of people are losing their jobs and livelihoods. On an inner level, many of us are calling into question our unconscious bedrock assumptions about how the world works and our place in it. At the moment, this can look and feel like an energetic trough, a receding, a recession, even a depression. And yet the story of the caterpillar reminds us that vast amounts of energy that had been locked up in chemical bonds are being released. The phenomena of the tsunami reminds us that there is a deceptive in-breath after the seismic events that trigger energetic tidal waves. The lag time can be considerable. We should not overstate the parallels, but it is worth recalling that nearly a decade passed between the stock market crash of 1929 and the eruption of World War II. 
This is what makes this a moment of both extreme peril and real, if elusive, promise. The pandemic is not just an isolated seismic event. It has set off a chain reaction in which innumerable bonds will be broken and unfathomable human energy will be be released, amplified by the tools and technologies at our disposal. What will become of this energy? Will confusion and despair be stoked and channeled into divisive anger and aggression? Will we throw ourselves into the alluring yet hopeless task of rebuilding the caterpillar? Can we find the forbearance to stay with the discomfort, to sink deeper into the caterpillar soup and draw upon the newly released energy and creative potential to thoroughly reimagine the human presence on the planet? We should be sanguine about the fact that there is precious little we can do to direct such immense waves of energy. But sometimes precious little is enough to make a large difference, particularly if we are thoughtfully proactive. Small but meaningful efforts in the early stages of a process can have large implications. Those same small actions become increasingly futile as the waves near the shore. Here again, let's turn to metaphor. In the woods near my house, an enormous red cedar tree fell during a windstorm. The amount of energy stored within the bonds of a tree of this size is staggering. Barring a forest fire, this tree will slowly decompose over decades, perhaps even centuries. The energy and raw materials it collected and organized over the course of its long life will nourish the entirety of the forest ecology. Life knows how precious energy is, never forgets that every photon of light had to be lassoed from the sun. And thus, life wastes very little. It recycles and recirculates, transfers and transforms. Anyone who has ever tended a compost pile has a tangible and perhaps olfactory appreciation of how life breaks down the old to facilitate the new. An army of insects, bacteria, worms, and fungi are the agents that transform the discarded forms of plants and animals into humus, an earthy, nutrient-rich substance that binds soil particles together and creates the conditions for new life. There is another cedar tree that fell, or was felled, 10 miles from here. It was cut up into firewood, and the energy stored within its chemical bonds is released within my wood stove and keeps my family warm for the duration of the winter. This type of fast and intense energetic release through the combustion of organic material has fueled the explosive growth of human endeavor since the Industrial Revolution. The energy of a cedar tree can be released slowly over centuries to nourish life, or it can be released as heat in an afternoon if it is consumed by a forest fire. What if we think of the coronavirus as a powerful windstorm of the inner landscape, leaving in its wake forests full of downed trees? How do we respond to the windfall? Here's where metaphor and imagery matter. For over 200 years, we have lived in an increasingly industrialized world, and we have organized our inner and outer lives around industrial metaphors. Like furnaces and engines, we consume. We consume energy, information, resources, goods, entertainment, travel. 
Like wildfire, we are constantly seeking the next fuel source, often leaving behind a trail of scorched earth. We are in turn consumed by an economic system that is itself an outgrowth of the industrial metaphor. But our lives do not have to be yoked to industrial metaphors and their all too apparent shortcomings. We can look to the natural world and look within ourselves. The patterns and processes of life are all around us and within us, and they offer an alternative and infinitely more fertile source of image and metaphor around which we can begin to reorganize and remember ourselves. They offer us a more hopeful way in which to honor that which is passing and make use of that which is being made available. We know how the logic of industrial society responds to the windfall. It encourages us to consume, to consume our way through boredom and anxiety, consume our way back to the mirage of a stable economy. All the while, we ourselves are consumed. To reflect upon and grieve what we are losing begins a process of decomposition, a slow burn that leads to the gradual and ultimately nourishing release of energy and creativity. Our challenge is that we live in a culture addicted to consumption, addicted to the immediate release of the quick burn. The question is whether we can make the most of the energetic windfall to direct it back towards life, or whether we will continue on the path of consumption and watch it all go up in smoke. <laughs>